taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. All right, y'all, let's jump right into the word. I'm excited about today's topic. We are talking about worry. Worry is absolutely something that I have struggled with. I know that many of you have struggled with it as well, perhaps continue to struggle with. And so I think that today's sermon will be rich and relevant for us uh, that are struggling to overcome worry. So without further ado, let's let's jump right into the word. Y'all, y'all got Sunday to get out and, and deal with. Some of y'all got chores and laundry and all of that stuff. And some of y'all just are chilling today and binge watching something. So let's jump right on into this so that you can um, get this word and then engage with, with, um, with whatever is recharging you, refreshing you, whatever else is recharging and refreshing you for this Sunday. Um, Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank God for all God has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to talk about confronting worry. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for giving me this chance to preach to your people. I pray that you will preach through me with power, with courage and with conviction that reaches them where they are. Lord, send this word around the globe to those that would need to hear it. I pray that you will uh, speak through me and that you will pour through me, but then pour back in. In Jesus name. Amen. I don't know any other way to describe this nagging feeling that I have than simply describing it as worry. Sometimes it gets out of control where all of a sudden a deep concern for all of the various things that can fall apart comes upon me at one time. Now, this, this thing especially happens to me during the busy weeks. I have learned over the past few years to be more aware of the things that are happening in my body. And so when this happens, I tap into my breathing exercises. I, I work on calming my body. But another thing that I do is I pray. Now, I pray as a response to worry because Paul tells the Philippian church, the Philippian Christians, that prayer is a way to win over worry. And that's essentially what I want to preach about today, because many of us need to win over worry. The challenge is not that worry. The challenge is that worry has absolutely been winning over us over the past few years. And to be fair, we have over the last few years had many things that we indeed need to worry about. We have worried about our health, worry about our families, worrying about delivering at work or in our businesses, worrying about our safety, worrying about our money or worrying about whether or not we should say yes or no to an opportunity. But then worrying about how that decision will impact us in the future. Yeah, we've worried. I, I worry. 
I worry about whether or not I'm showing up well enough for everybody at City Point. I worry about decisions that I need to make as a leader. I worry about missing opportunities. I worry about making wrong decisions. I worry about maintaining creativity. I feel that I am only as good often as my last sermon series. I I worry about showing up well enough at home as a spouse and as a parent. I worry. But, But I try not to drink or eat my way through worry. I don't mess with drugs, so I don't drug myself through worry. One of the healthiest ways that I cope with worry is through praying about it. Yes, as our elders used to say, I have found that just a little talk with Jesus makes it all right. Paul says again in Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank God for all God has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul says effectively that prayer is an antidote to worrying. Uh, Paul shares with us, first of all, an invitation to an alternative. He says, don't worry, pray. Uh, Paul effectively says to the believer that worry is optional, that that worry is not a foregone conclusion. It is not an automatic emotion that we have to learn to deal with. No, worry is something that we can opt in or opt out of. In fact, in the text, Paul lays out a juxtaposition to the Philippians. He, He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what you should replace that with is prayer about everything. I've been trying to be intentional about practicing this. For for the last couple of weeks, I have had spontaneous bouts with worry and feeling overwhelmed by the things that I need to do. I am not talking about clinical anxiety. I am not talking about clinical worrying, but, but I am talking about this Worrying that I just kind of naturally tend to do because I become overwhelmed by all of the things that are happening and need to be done in my life or the possibility of things that could go wrong. Yeah, for me, feeling overwhelmed by what I need to do, worrying about the outcomes of situations that I'm involved with. And what tends to happen is that it all attacks me the hardest just as I'm waking up. It's as if my defense mechanisms are not up yet when that happens early in the morning and I'm just open to attacks. And so it's 730 in the morning and I already have eye twitches and muscle spasms and tightness in my shoulders. And I have I haven't even rolled out of bed yet. And so this past week, I decided to be intentional and to clap back at my worry effectively to shoot back at worry. And the way that I shot back at worry is with prayer. But you may ask, Pastor D, what what am I praying about? What is the prayer that I need to pray in response to my worrying? I'm glad you asked. What I simply do is I pray about all those things that I'm worried about. I'm worried about all the things that I need to get done today. Cool. I will stop and I will pray about all those things that I need to get done today. 
worried about some business decision that I need to make, fine, I will stop and pray about all those business decisions that I need to make. I have essentially decided to put into practice Philippians 4 and 6 and accept Paul's invitation to the alternative. That that invitation to this alternative of rather than worrying about anything, instead just praying about everything. Now, let me be clear that that word worry in the original Greek language does not refer to paying basic attention and giving care about a particular thing. The the text is not an invitation to a laissez-faire attitude, but rather what is happening in the text is the word used here in the original Greek language that Paul wrote it in means to be pulled apart. It is that sense that we get when we indeed worry, where we are torn where we are pulled between decisions, pulled between two potential outcomes, two possibilities of how things might turn out, pulled apart. Yes, torn between faith and fear, pulled apart. And so Paul says effectively, rather than being pulled apart, spend some time talking to the one who can keep you together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Not only does he give an invitation to an alternative to an alternative, but secondly, I see in the text that he gives instructions on asking. He says, tell God what you need and thank him. Our daughter Layla is is good at beating around the bush when she wants to ask for something. She'll say things like, Daddy, I'm, I'm thirsty. But really, she already has in her mind what she wants to drink. So I have to say, do you want some water? No. Do you want some milk? No. Then finally, after growing tired of playing this game, I ask her what she wants to drink. And she says softly under her breath, juice. Or or sometimes she'll be sitting on the sofa watching TV with a blanket and say to me uh, when I walk by, um, there's space right next to the couch, right next to me if, if you want to sit down. But, but then there are some times when she doesn't beat around the bush, that these are times when she is direct in her ask. And, and it is usually her directness that gets me. I'll be in the middle of doing some work and she will catch me and say, Daddy, do you want to play with me? And, and how can I say no? How can a father say no to his child who is so direct and ask for something that is so reasonable and something that is so innocent? So let me pose that question. How could a father say no? Layla's not the only one who beats around the bush when it comes to asking things of her father. For you see, we do it when it comes to our heavenly parents. We pray these vague and general and ambiguous prayers and beating around the bush rather than being direct in our ask with God. But Paul says here in the text, tell God what you need. Another translation of the scripture says, make your requests known to God. Saying things to God like, God, I'm stressed because I'm worried I might lose my job. God, please don't let me lose my job. If it is your will that I do lose it, please set me up with another one that's even better and take care of me in the meantime. Come bold and direct with your ask. 
God, I'm worried that I might get infected or someone in my house might get infected with COVID-19. Lord, order my steps and protect us wherever we go and keep us wise in our decisions so that we take care of our health. And God, please keep our bodies disease free. God, I'm worried about the implications of of, of this thing or that thing that is happening in my life. I, I am uh, worried about this thing or that thing. Be direct with God regarding your ask. When was the last time that you were bold with God in asking for the things you need? Paul says, not only should we tell God what we need, but that we also ought to mix in some thanksgiving for what he's already done. Yeah, I believe thanking does two things. Uh, my elders taught me that thank you makes room for more. And I also believe that thank you reminds you of God's resume. It is impossible to thank without thinking back to the ways that God has made in your life. The unmerited favor that God has shown in your life, the, the way that God has preserved your life. We're living through a pandemic, y'all. We are living. The operative word there is living through a pandemic. The ways that God has preserved our lives, the ways that God has opened doors that otherwise would have been shut for you in your life, how God has protected you and provided for you and sustained you and saved you and sanctified you and changed you. Thinking is predicated on thinking about all that the Lord has done for you. And when I look at the record of what God has done in my life, I can't help but be confident that whatever struggles or troubles I'm facing in my mind, God is able to sort it out. He will either move the mountains out of my way or give me the strength to climb. Paul says something's going to happen when you choose to pray instead of worry. Yeah, something's going to happen when you ask directly for what you want God to do and thank God for what God has done. Something is going to happen when you do that. And it is found in verse number seven. In verse number seven, we see finally the imperial arrangement. Verse seven says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. A couple years ago, Carla and I were watching uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming on Netflix. And in one of the segments, there was a focus on her security detail. Now, over the course of the eight years as first lady and the three years or as and the uh, five years as uh, as um, former first lady, all the appearances that I have ever seen of Michelle Obama when she was in person, if you will, or whether should I say on TV, I had never seen those guys before. Their job is to protect Michelle, that their job is to guard her from any danger that may try to come up against her, that their job is is if it all goes down, they are to step in front of any attack that just might come. Paul here is in prison when he writes this letter to the Philippians. Paul is guarded by Roman soldiers and he is guarded by them 24 hours a day. When Paul wakes up, someone is there guarding him. 
When Paul goes to sleep, someone is there guarding him. Paul here uses the word garrison, which depicts a military detail that is tasked with doing only one thing. That is guarding somebody with imperial importance. And so Paul chooses his words very carefully here when he is writing or dictating this letter that is being written to the Philippians. He chooses his words carefully and says that when we choose to pray about everything instead of worrying about anything, when we are bold and thankful in our prayers, God dispatches a detail to protect us, even though you ain't the first lady, the president, or anybody of imperial importance. Yes, Paul says that protection won't be over your body. No, more importantly, that protection that God will dispatch, it'll be over your mind. He, he says the peace of God, that that's what God will send. God will send the, God's peace. To be a bodyguard over your mind. It'll be like the secret service over your mind. And, and though can't nobody see it, the peace of God is protecting your mind. And that's good news as I close. Because I've got an alarm system that protects my home. I, I, I've got an alarm that protects my car. I, I've got vaccines and boosters that protect my body. But, but I've realized that the place where I am the most exposed is in my mind. And I need some protection, some, some garrison, some cover over my mind because of all of the stress and the information overload and the fear and the panic and the worry. Thanks be to God that when I pray about it, to telling God exactly what I need, Paul says, God will give me peace. That's what many of us need right now. Peace. We need the Lord to do to our minds what he did to that raging and boisterous sea. Just say, peace, be still. Surely, the one whom the winds and the waves obey can still our minds and give us peace. May it be so. Amen. God in, in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for this revelation that Paul had. Perhaps it came from his own experiences. And he communicates it as wisdom to the Christians in Philippi. And it has now come down through the centuries to us. 2,000 years later that the way that we can confront worry is through praying about it. Praying about it with boldness, with thanksgiving, with directness, saying to you, these are the things that we fear. These are the things that are on our plates. These are the outcomes that, that we desire and, and need. These are the things that are over our head, but even that which is over our head is under your feet. All things are in subjection to you. Help us to have that boldness and that discipline to just pray about it. And help us to have that confidence and faith that, that 
even if you don't fix the problem, the promise is not solution. It is that you will give us peace. Yes. That's all I ask today, God, is that throughout this community and congregation, you would let a spirit of peace break out. A spirit of peace over, over all of those that you have placed under my charge as pastor. Give them peace. M many are working 50 and 60 hours a week, Lord. Give them peace trying to balance home life and work life and so many other things, God, and, and, and the worry creeps up and we just ask God that you would give peace. Ask this, ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.